Time now for this week's Anderson Healy Show. Powered by Elevation, the Sun Devil's preferred home energy technology company. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Anderson Healy Show, the Sun Devil Radio Network program that brings you all the latest news in Arizona State University Sun Devil Athletics and features ASU Vice President for University Athletics, Ray Anderson. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil football, men's basketball, and baseball, and it's my pleasure to serve as your co-host each week, a co-host alongside of ASU Athletic Director Ray Anderson. Good day, Ray. How have you been? Doing good, Tim. Good day to you and all of our Sun Devil fans. Uh, Lots to talk about, I'm sure. Yes, indeed. Lots to talk about and two excellent guests with whom we will talk later in the show. Sun Devil hockey forward Robert Mastro Simone will join us to share with us his perspectives on ASU's signature 3-2 win over 6th-ranked North Dakota last Saturday night at the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame Classic in in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. Robert scored the game-winning goal early in the third period of that signature win for Greg Powers' hockey program. In addition, we'll catch up with one-time Sun Devil football quarterback turned opera singer, turned Pac-12 network football commentator, Gus Farwell. Gus will be performing in concert on the stage of Gamage Auditorium on the ASU campus this coming Friday evening, November 4th. Gus will stop by, help uh, preview the concert, and also share with us his memories He was uh, Jake Plummer's backup quarterback on the 1996 Rose Bowl team of Arizona State. In fact, he was Jake Plummer's roommate, and uh, we'll visit with Gus later on. We're really looking forward to that. But we begin, as always, with a look back at football and an historic night of Sun Devil football last Saturday evening in the Colorado Rockies as interim head coach Sean Aguano led his Sun Devils to a 42-34 victory over the Colorado Buffaloes at Chile Folsom Field in Boulder last Saturday. Prior to the game, Coach Aguano had named Trenton Borgay as his starting quarterback for the game, and Mr. Borgay proceeded to throw for 435 yards, the most ever by an Arizona State quarterback in his starting debut, the most by any Arizona State quarterback since Mike Bercovici tossed for 510 yards in the now-famous Jail Mary win at USC in October 2014. Borgay also threw for three touchdowns, all three of them caught by tight end Jalen Conyers, who became the first tight end in Arizona State history to catch three touchdown passes in a single game. To say the least, Ray, a night to remember, huh? For Sun Devil football. Yes, indeed. And a lot of first uh, you just articulated, Tim, which was exciting. Uh, but it was really nice to see Trenton come out uh, and really take control of his opportunity uh, and to see Jalen uh, come out as a tight end who I think it had six total catches uh, before going into that game and turned uh, three catches into touchdowns in one game, the most ever by Sun Devil tight end in a game. Uh, was very, very encouraging, uh, exciting that we could get out uh, in front, uh, but then finish. Uh, you know, it was a challenge, but we finished uh, in good shape. And so it was uh, a, a good performance, uh, certainly for Trenton and, and Jalen and several others. Uh, and the first time, as I'm sure you will uh, mention, that Coach Iguano took the head play calling duties uh, and, from my perspective, did a very nice job, Tim. 
Yes, he did indeed take over the play calling duties. That was the, really the other headline of the game. Uh, not only a new starting quarterback, but a new play caller. And uh, the first time at the collegiate level that Sean Aguano had been a play caller in a college football game. But uh, you rack up 42 points, Ray, and 557 yards. Uh, your play caller's doing something right, huh? I would uh, think so because you have to call the plays and then your your players have to execute. Uh, but you got to give them uh, the go-ahead. And I think Sean did a nice job of giving them the go-ahead in a very – uh, strategic way. Uh, I thought it was a good mix of run and pass. Uh, it was not a, a predictable offense, in my opinion. Uh, so I think he did a very nice job with the up-tempo uh, and, and was aggressive uh, in appropriate circumstances. So uh, real pleased with what we saw on Saturday night, Tim. And Coach Aguano has indicated that, uh, to no one's surprise, Trenton Borgay has earned the right to continue as the starting quarterback, and he will be under center again this Saturday when the Sun Devils host UCLA. And all indications are, Ray, that uh, Sean Aguano will be the uh, ghost whisperer in his ear calling those plays once again against the Bruins. Uh, I think you can uh, uh, make sure that is a a confirmed deal, Tim. Uh, You wouldn't go away from what was a very successful debut for both of them uh, last Saturday. And you know, football is fit football. There's going to be uh, a good team coming in here, uh, but we've got a good team too. And if we put together a good quarterback play and good coaching and play all around, uh, we're looking forward to an exciting Saturday night here uh, at home against the Bruins. We should also mention that uh, another gentleman who made some history of his own was Sun Devil running back X Valaday, who posted his fifth 100-yard rushing game of the season in uh, Colorado Saturday, going for 118 yards and three touchdowns. In the process, X became only the 143rd running back in the history of the Football Bowl subdivision to uh, surpass the 4,000-yard mark, 4,000 rushing yards for his career. Well, X has come here and uh, just done a marvelous job, really fit into uh, the schemes, and more importantly, the culture, uh, really well-liked and respected by his teammates and coaches. And so uh, when you rush for 4,000 yards in a career, only 143 running backs in all of FBS history, that is a long time, and not very many guys have accomplished it, and X has done it here, uh, and deservedly so. He is so much fun to watch, uh, equally important. He's just a great teammate. They really uh, love the kid because of what he brings as a leader and a teammate. So good for X. Now the win improved the Sun Devils record to three and five on the season, two and three in Pac-12 conference play with the 10th ranked UCLA Bruins set to uh, visit Tempe and uh, visit Sun Devil Stadium for a 7.30 kickoff this coming Saturday evening. Coach Chip Kelly's Bruins are seven and one on the year and feature one of the most explosive offenses In all of college football, they're ninth in the nation in total offense, 11th nationally in scoring offense as they rack up 500 yards and nearly 40 points per game. So clearly, Ray, a challenge awaits Coach Aguano's Sun Devils here on Saturday. Uh, Yes, they do. Chip Kelly is back to being uh, Chip Kelly uh, of old, as you know. Uh, But again, it's it's football, and they got to come play us in our home, uh, and our players are – uh, confident and, and feel like their performances are getting better. So we welcome the 10th rated Bruins coming in here. Uh, 
because uh, they got to play football and they're going to play against us on Saturday night and we'll see how it goes. But we're confident that we're going to have a very good showing, Tim. Of course, last year, the Sun Devils upset the nationally ranked Bruins uh, 42-23 at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena and uh, hoping for a similar outcome on Saturday in front of the home crowd. Now, if you can't make it out to Sun Devil Stadium, our radio coverage of Saturday's ASU-UCLA game will start at 5 p.m. with the Sun Devil Tailgate Show, hosted by Jeff Munn, who will be broadcasting live from the Santan Ford Club on the East Concourse level of uh, Sun Devil Stadium. And then Jeff Van Rapporst, Kevin Turner, producer-engineer Sean Crespin, all will join me for the play-by-play broadcast of the game at 7.30 Saturday night. And you can hear all the action on ESPN 620 AM. Our broadcast will also be streamed on ArizonaSports.com and on the AZ Sports app. So make plans to join us. Let's talk some other Sun Devil sports now. Sun Devil soccer had an historic performance of its own this past weekend. In last Thursday's 5-1 to one home victory over the Oregon Ducks, Arizona State's all-time leading goal scorer, Nicole Douglas, notched a couple of more Sun Devil records that she can now add to her resume as Nicole scored four goals and totaled nine points in the Sun Devils' victory over the Ducks, and both are ASU single-game records. No wonder, Ray, that Nicole earlier this week was named the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week for her performance against Oregon. Yes, there really wasn't a, another choice for the conference to make. I mean, you you get four goals in one game. Uh, that's, uh, you know, you, you would think you were in peewee hockey. This is elite varsity okay. hockey, and Nicole gets four goals, nine points in one game, so rightfully so. So she's had just a marvelous, not just season, but a career here, Tim, uh, and it's not over. So uh, Nicole, uh, very well deserving of that uh, recognition. Unfortunately, soccer was unable to sustain the momentum of uh, the Oregon win through the remainder of the weekend as Coach Graham Winkworth's squad lost to Oregon State on Sunday 3-1 to at Sun Devil Stocker Stadium with, guess who, Nicole Douglas scoring the only Arizona State goal of the game. In case you're keeping tallies at home, Nicole now the all-time leader in goals at ASU. She has 60 career goals. She also has Sun Devil records for the most career game-winning goals, 18, and the most career points. She's now at 140. ASU is now 8-5-3 and three on the season, 4-5-1 and one in Pac-12 play, and will close out the 2022 regular season schedule at home this Friday evening, November 4th, 7 p.m. is the place, the time, rather, Sun Devil Soccer Stadium, the place to be when ASU hosts its Territorial Cup match with the University of Arizona Wildcats. And, Ray, the Sun Devils will be hoping, looking to solidify their NCAA tournament resume, though, unfortunately, the Sun Devils' RPI ranking has slipped in the past week. They are now at number 34. Uh, Yes, the loss to Oregon State was a tough loss following the uh, wonderful win against Oregon uh, last week, Tim. But, uh, you you kind of have the uh, control of your fate in your hands. Uh, we believe that they have a good outcome against uh, Arizona on uh, Friday night. Uh, I think they punched their ticket to the NCAA postseason. So we're excited about that prospect. Uh, but you got to get the work done on Friday night. So 7 o'clock against our rival Territorial Cup game, uh, to be sure. 
should be fun out there. I'll be there and invite folks to come out in mass because uh, our our soccer team could use our support because it's a major major uh, game for us, Tim. Sure, is a territorial cup point on the line. It's always big when there is uh, one of those TC points on the line in the rivalry between ASU and Arizona. And uh, obviously, with as Ray mentioned, postseason potential postseason ramifications for soccer as well when they take on the Wildcats at 7 p.m. Friday evening, November 4th at Sun Devil Soccer Stadium. In addition to folks like Nicole Douglas, Trenton Borgay, and Jalen Conyers, another Sun Devil student-athlete who had himself a pretty good weekend last weekend was uh, Sun Devil cross-country distance runner Vinny Mari, as Vinny posted a podium finish, placing ninth at uh, in the men's competition at last weekend's Pac-12 cross-country championships, which were held in Riverside, California. By finishing ninth, Vinnie Maury clinched a spot in the NCAA regionals, which will be contested in Tacoma, Washington, next Friday, November 11th. Maury also helped ASU claim an eighth-place finish in the Pac-12 championships in the men's competition. The Sun Devil women finished 11th with uh, Lina LeBron, who was our guest on last week's show, earning herself a top 50 finish in the Pac-12 championships, right? Yes, Vinny has had a uh, tremendous year to be able to podium and make himself uh, eligible for the regionals uh, is, is, is really uh, gratifying. Uh, and Lena leading, leading our women uh, as well. So uh, cross country, uh, uh, we just need improvement. And we're seeing uh, 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 some improvement, but Vinny certainly and Lena uh, have led the charge for our men and women respectively. So we'll have our fingers crossed for Vinny and the regionals, Tim. In case you're wondering, and I'm sure you were, the top-ranked Stanford Cardinal claimed the team cross-country championship uh, in the the event last week at Riverside, California, while the 11th-ranked Colorado Buffaloes won the women's Pac-12 cross-country title. Yet another solid performance by the Sun Devil men's golf team last week as ASU finished second at the East Lake Cup contested near Atlanta, Georgia. The three-day event featured stroke play on day one, match play the final two days of the event. After beating Pepperdine in the semifinals of match play, the Sun Devils fell to Vanderbilt 3-2 in the match play finals. It was a terrific week of golf for Arizona State freshman Luke Potter, who finished second in the stroke play portion of the competition. And then Luke won both of his rounds, Ray, in the match play part of the event. Yeah, that Eastlake uh, tournament in Atlanta, I think we spoke last year, is one of the preeminent uh, long-time golf courses back east. Uh, and so uh, it's a wonderful facility. Uh, I've been there several times, not to play, but to observe. <laughs> and uh, it's a great feel when you get your best college teams back there and to end up second to Vandy, uh, good for the men. Uh, but to see Luke, a freshman, come out and play the way he played uh, was really uh, uh, quite uh, gratifying, Tim. So uh, Matt Thurman's got the men's golf team uh, poised to have uh, a very strong spring, and we're looking forward to it. Now, the East Lake Cup was the final fall event for the ASU men's golf team. Their next competition, as Ray indicated, coming up, it'll actually be uh, in the winter, the Southwestern Invitational at Westlake Village, California, 
that will begin on January 30th. So a nice little break for men's golf, and they'll be back in competition in late January. Now, you may be wondering, why have we not made mention as of yet on this show of Sun Devil Hockey's epic win over sixth-ranked North Dakota in uh, last week's game in Las Vegas? Well, simple. It's because we got a whole segment devoted to hockey coming up and to one of the biggest wins in the history of the ASU hockey program. And uh, you are about to meet the young man who scored the game-winning goal against North Dakota last Saturday in Las Vegas as Sun Devil forward Robert Mastro-Simone will join us. But first, let's take a timeout. This is the Anderson Healy Show from the Sun Devil Radio Network. 75% of the electricity you're using is on products that are turned off. And your ceiling fan could cost you up to $5,000 over its lifetime. Sun Devils fans, you know your sports stats. At Elevation, we know the stats that can help save your wallet and the world. Visit PoweredByElevation.com and learn how our full suite of smart solar solutions can make a powerful difference today. Elevation is a proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Forks up, bills down. Get your forks up, Sun Devil fans, because Bar S, the number one selling hot dog brand in America, is now a proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. From hot dogs and sausages to bacon, ham, turkey, corn dogs, and more, Bar S offers an all-star lineup of delicious mealtime and game-time meat. Grab one of the new Bar S Sun Devil sausages next time you're at the stadium and head to your nearest grocery store to score some Bar S today. Bar S, a proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Tempe is the place to be to catch the excitement of ASU sports. Before and after the game, Sun Devil fans can enjoy the sunny weather while paddleboarding or kayaking at Tempe Town Lake, hiking around Papago Park, dining on a patio on Mill Avenue, or enjoying a local brew while relaxing poolside at one of our great hotels. The next time you plan to catch a game at ASU, plan to play and stay in Tempe. To learn more, go to www.tempetourism.com. We'll see you in Tempe. Leadership, teamwork, sacrifice, putting life's lessons before yourself. This is Arizona State Football 2022. It's not just a point in time. ASU is part of my life. That's what makes the wins and losses personal. Down the far sideline, and DJ Taylor is going to take the opening kickoff. I'm Tim Hovick, and it's football season in the desert. We are Santan Ford. The Anderson Healy Show continues now from the Sun Devil Radio Network. Alongside of Arizona State Athletic Director Ray Anderson, I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils. Glad you're with us this week. At around the same time that Sun Devil football was playing and defeating the University of Colorado last Saturday night in Boulder, Colorado, about 750 miles away in Las Vegas, Nevada, the Arizona State hockey team posted one of the biggest wins in the history of the Sun Devil program as Coach Greg Powers' Ice Devils rallied from an early 2-0 deficit to defeat then-sixth-ranked North Dakota 3-2 in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame game at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. North Dakota is the highest-ranked opponent the Sun Devils have defeated since a 4-1 win over then-fourth-ranked Denver back in 2019. Overall, it's the ninth win over a top-ten opponent for Arizona State in the seven-year Division I history of the Sun Devil hockey program. 
And joining us this week to reflect back on that memorable night of hockey in Vegas is the young man who scored the winning goal for Arizona State early in the third period of Saturday's game against the Fighting Hawks of North Dakota. On the season, his five goals are the most on the Sun Devil team. He is tied for the team lead with his eight points in nine games this season, and he has goals in each of his last three games. He's a senior from East Islip, Long Island, New York, a transfer from Boston University, and we welcome forward Robert Mastro Simone to the show. Robert, good to see you, buddy. Uh, what was that night like for you in Vegas on Saturday? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, obviously. I mean, that night that night was unbelievable. It was just it was so surreal to play in front of that many people and it it almost made it better that it was all North Dakota fans and we, we were able to get the win win on Saturday and kinda of stun them and stun everyone. So that was that felt really good. Almost as if you were playing in North Dakota. Talk about it. You said it was 15,000. They're, they're bright green is their signature color. And the T-Mobile Arena, which is the home, of course, of the NHL's uh, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, had a very distinct green tint to it on Saturday night, but it didn't seem to bother your, you and your teammates. Yeah, I mean, that that place was just full of green. They were, they were everywhere. You're walking down the hotel or walking down the strip, and you see everyone wearing North Dakota green. So it was... Everywhere you go, you're getting yelled at Gosu in your face. So it was kind of felt really good to get that win. And, yeah, I mean, we came off to a slow start there, obviously getting down to nothing. But the team rallied back, and we played such an unbelievable game for the last 50 minutes that it was we just came out with a win there. It was awesome. What was the feeling like on your bench when you fell behind 2 nothing early? I mean, at the the first goal is definitely deflating. It's it's hard when you when you're in an atmosphere like that and the crowd gets into it early like that. So it was definitely a little bit deflating. But everyone on the bench was like, "All right, like we're good, we're good. We don't need to get down on ourselves here. There's a lot of game left." And they scored another, and it was like, "All right, well, we got to switch something here." And I think everyone just got a little bit more desperate, and we all became a little desperate, started playing a little harder, and the. And, once we kind of started to dominate that first period, the morale really went up on the bench, and it was just from there, it just kept going up. And one of your veterans, Matthew Copperud, came through with that first goal, about, I think about three and a half minutes left to go in the first period. That had to be like a weight off your shoulders, kind of got you really back into the game, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, that, that goal was huge for us. It's it's definitely like a little tough knowing you're down two and you got to score two. So once you get that first one, and especially the first one of the game, you just kind of, like you said, you get that weight off your shoulders. You get a little bit more com- comfortable. You go, all right, we just need one now. We're right back in this game. And then you assisted on a goal by a fellow transfer. Your teammate Lucas Sillinger scored midway through the second period, tying the game. Did you sense at that point that uh, you had wrestled momentum away from them? Yeah, definitely. I mean, our penalty kill was pretty big for us that whole game, too. And uh, when Lucas scored in the power play there, it was just like, all right, here we go. We're going to win this game. Like, there was there was no there was no other option after that. We, we definitely had all the momentum. It was a little quiet in there. And the fans we had there started cheering louder and louder. And it, we could hear that. And it really picked us up another level. Boy, what you just said reminded me of a line from one of my favorite movies, Apollo 13, when they say failure is not an option. And at that point, losing was not an option, was it? No, it was that was once once we tied that game, it was yeah, we we have to win now. Like there's no other, like you said, there's no other option. <laughs> and then 24 seconds into the third period, you scored the game winner. Take us through that sequence. And boy, a lot of times, uh, Robert, when you get a goal either in the final minute of a period or the first minute of a period, those can be real momentum turners. Yeah, that that was that goal was awesome. I mean. 
I was I started in the penalty. I had two seconds left on a penalty I had taken, so I had talked to Josh and Lucas right before the period started, and I was like, right before we went on the ice, I was like, listen, like I'm gonna get out of the box. Let's go score, and like let's just end this game. Like let's score in the first shift. It'll like you said, the goals in the first minute or the last minute they take away so much momentum that the other team could have, and our penalty kill came up huge and kind of a little weird broken play, and I got sprung on that that partial breakaway there, and. I just I saw the gloves I'd open so I just shot and it was just like whoa like yeah like we're gonna do this now like 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 I said before it's even stronger of a feeling of yeah we have to win now. It says a lot to me and you touched on it a moment ago. You shut out North Dakota for the final fifty minutes of the hockey game and protected a one goal lead the entire third period. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, they only had fifteen shots on goal the entire game. How were you, how were you and your teammates able to do all that? Yeah, I mean, we we really blocked a lot of shots on Saturday too. We were we were willing to just lay everything on the line for that. And I think in the third period they had four shots total. When being down a goal for the whole third period and leaving a team to four shots is pretty good. We we really bought in defensively, and we were really we always get harped on to if we have a lead or something, just get over the line and get the puck deep and go to work and. We were really good at that, really good at managing the pocket, the red line, and the blue lines, and that that's I think that's what helped us to win that that third period. And that's one of your fortes. You have 12 blocks this year, and that's the most, I think, by any Sun Devil forward. Uh, in basketball, shot blocks are kind of sexy, but in hockey, that's a, that's a real blue-collar thing to get down on the ice and block a shot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I know me and everyone else in this team would, would have done anything to win that game there, so it's – if you got to block a shot with your mouth, your face, you do it just because you, you just want to win. And it doesn't help if you have a pretty good guy between the pipes. And uh, TJ Semptonfelter, who, like yourself, is a transfer from a Boston area school, having gone to Northeastern University, he's off to a great start. I think he's among the national leaders in saves right now through nine games. He had 13 in the win against North Dakota. What has he meant to your team so far this year? Yeah, T- TJ's been unbelievable. He's such a such a great goalie, and he's such a great guy. He comes to the rink every day for practice, and he, you just can tell he wants to get better, and he wants to be the best at his job and be the best in the country. And so it's 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 really nice to play when you know you have have a guy like that behind you who you can rely on and and really trust in the net. That's something that's huge in hockey. He's having a good goalie, and he's just been unbelievable for the whole season so far. So what was the feeling like on the ice and on the bench in those in that final minute, those final seconds ticking off, and you know you're about to take down the number six team in the country in that setting? Yeah, I mean, it was it was wild. I mean, all you can think of is do not let this puck go near our net or go in our net. I was on for the last 40, 40 or 50 seconds there at the end of the game, and it was like, all right, if you touch the puck, it has to get out of the zone, like, everything you possibly can do to make to get this win you do and it was just that horn went off and it was like a sigh of relief it's like we did it like we had we just shocked the world got potentially our biggest biggest win in program history like it was just so important for the program and that's all you could really think about what does this win do for the program do you think i mean i think this win just just proves that like Listen, like we're we're not here to joke around anymore. We've been joked about too much as a program in the last eight years since we've gone D one. It's been, I've heard it. I've been on the outside of it. I've heard it all and what everyone says about it. And it's like they don't even treat us as a as a real hockey school. So I think it just kind of makes that statement like, oh god, like ASU 
they're good and they're coming like and they're just gonna get better and better every year we got to watch out now yeah and the uh, in fact this week uh asu is the first school in the others receiving votes category in the uh major collegiate hockey poll top 25 you're on the cusp of the top 25 with that five and four record but i think people who know about college hockey have taken notice don't you think absolutely i mean it's yeah i mean it's and i guess i get it's only one win so it's not gonna boost you so much but it's everyone sees now all right we got to watch these guys now we got to see what they do and we've shown together three wins in a row now four of our last five and we're really just starting to heat up now We've talked a lot over the years with Coach Greg Powers, but maybe we don't talk enough about Coach Powers in terms of what a terrific job he's done constructing this Arizona State hockey program. Uh, Robert, as a player who transferred in this year, what are some of your impressions? What do you feel to be Greg's main attributes as a coach, the things that have enabled him to build this program that is on such an upward trajectory? Yeah, I mean, talking to talking to all the coaches and Coach Powers before I made my decision to come here was just he was really big on having a great culture around the rink and within the team and and bringing guys in who want to work and who aren't like oh we can't, they came from like the top program in juniors like they're going to come in be here for two years and then leave and go play pro. He's like we bring guys in who want to be here and who want to play for ASU and and want to work for what they have and have always had to work extremely hard to get to the place they've been. So he came in. I came in and it was really evident that this team works hard and he he makes us work hard and he makes sure he makes sure we know why we're working hard and and what it's going to lead to and obviously we've had some success here and it's like all right it's starting to pay off and it's just it's just awesome to play for a coach like that. Are those the things that drew you to ASU when you decided to transfer from Boston U? Yeah, yeah, that was that was one of the main things is I want to go I want to go play for a team who wants to work and who wants to come to the rink and get better every day. And I knew a few guys in the team and they were awesome guys. And when I met everyone on my visit, everyone was so awesome. They were so accepting. And it was just like, all right, I fit in so well here. Like this is the exact culture I want, the exact style coach I want, the exact type of teammates I want to be with. So that was just it was a no brainer for me after that. All right, you've had two weekends at the Mullet. Uh, Tell us a little bit from a player's perspective what the Mullet Arena experience has been like for you and your teammates. My goodness, great crowds, a tremendous student section. Uh, I think you've won three of the four games you've played at the Mullet so far. It must be an honor to be on the first Arizona State team that is playing in this brand-new hockey home of the Sun Devils. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely an honor to be be a part of this team and be able to be a part of the team who gets to play there first and kind of open the open the arena to the rest of the years of this program. And it's been such a great experience. Like I, I mean, going to Boston University, I've played at a lot of big time schools, a lot of big time arenas and and hockey schools. And it's after playing in those first two weekends, I I can say nothing compares to the games we've had there and the energy we've had wow. there and student section just three nights four nights in a row just being there and and supporting us it's it's awesome it's it's really cool to step onto that ice and see everyone there and just hear all the ASU chants and all that so it's it's definitely an honor well I was there that first night and boy that is some atmosphere and hopefully our fans listening who haven't been out to the mullet will get out there and uh cheer your team on and partake of that uh, tremendous atmosphere now you guys get a weekend off now And then you have Alaska Anchorage set to come into the mullet on uh, Friday and Saturday, November 11th and 12th. What do you think will be some of the keys 
for your guys to build on the great momentum generated by the win over North Dakota? Yeah, I mean, I think some of some of the main things we're focusing on right now is kind of just trying to get our bodies right, get our bodies back to 100% where we need them to be because it was a hard game. And obviously we got some guys who were banged up who just bruises everywhere. Like I said, we blocked the most shots we have all season that game. So guys are feeling it a little bit. So I think it's mostly just trying to recover and, and really get our minds set on playing our best game and not focusing too much on about Alaska Anchorage and just really dialing in all those small little details, like some of the things that happened, which led to the first two goals North Dakota scored, like trying to clean some of that stuff up and really, really playing the best brand of hockey we can. And if you do that, uh, get the feeling you got yourself an NCAA tournament team on your hands, don't you think? I couldn't agree more. I think this team has so much potential, and I, I really could see this team being an NCAA tournament team, and I believe in it. Well, let's hope it happens. Uh, congratulations to you and the guys on a great win, Robert. Best of luck to you the rest of the way. We're so happy to have you as part of the Arizona State Athletics family. Thanks for coming on with us. Of course. Thanks, thanks so much for having me, and I couldn't be happier to be a Sun Devil. Well, it's great to have Robert Master Simone as part of the Arizona State family and as a top-notch forward on the Arizona State hockey team. He has been our guest on this segment of the Anderson Healy Show. Coming up, we'll catch up with a one-time former Sun Devil football quarterback who found a different calling in life and will be displaying his marvelous singing talent on the stage of Gamage Auditorium this weekend. Gus Farwell will be our guest when we return in a moment. This is the Anderson Healy Show from the Sun Devil Radio Network. The Arizona Lottery presents a winning carol. Scratches are here to bring winning cheer for everyone over 21. For her and him, whoever likes to win. Like your dad, Bill, your best friend, Lynn, your co-worker, Jill, your cat, Mr. Phil. Your son is so, your Newman Beau, and your helpful Uncle Joe. Merry, 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 merry Scratchers. This holiday season, give the gift of up to $500,000 with Holiday Scratchers from the Arizona Lottery. Saturdays are made for football, and when the game is on, we're finally off. Off duty, offline, out of office. A cracked Coors Light is our do not disturb message to the world. On game day, we don't think about the 9 to 5, but worry about the 4th and 1. So this Saturday, grab a Coors Light, press play on some pigskin, and pause on everything else. Coors Light, Mountain Cold Refreshment, Made to Chill, official corporate partner of Sun Devil Athletics. 2022 Coors Brewing Company, Golden Colorado, celebrate responsibly. If you plan on flying on or after May 3rd, 2023, make sure you have the new Arizona Travel ID to get you past TSA security checkpoints. This credential shows a gold star in the upper right corner and is available to Arizona residents as a driver's license or an ID card. Don't risk a missed flight on or after next May 3rd. Log on to aztravelid.com for a list of qualifying documents you'll need to get your travel ID today. Vibe check. A free afternoon on a Friday. Vibe. The party after the after party. Vibe. 3 a.m. text from your ex. No vibe. A hard seltzer with antioxidant vitamin C. Big vibe. Vizzy is a vibe. Celebrate responsibly. 2022 Molson Coors Beverage Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, flavored beer.
We welcome you back to the Anderson Healy Show from the Sun Devil Radio Network, along with Arizona State Athletic Director Ray Anderson. I'm Tim Healy, the voice of the Sun Devils, and Ray and I are glad you're with us this week. It's always great to catch up with former Sun Devil student-athletes who've gone on to enjoy success both on and off the field after their Arizona play, Arizona State playing days are done. For the second straight week, our guest in this segment of the show is an ex-Sun Devil quarterback. You might recall last week we visited with Brock Osweiler, who's better than 4,000 passing yards in 2011, still the uh, best single-season total ever achieved by a Sun Devil quarterback. Brock, now a college football analyst for ESPN. Our guest this week, also an ex-Sun Devil quarterback, also a college football analyst in his first season, working for Pac-12 Networks. His path to the booth, however, uh, somewhat more of a roundabout journey, you might say, following his playing days at ASU. During his time as a backup quarterback to Jake Plummer on the 1996 Sun Devil Rose Bowl team, it became apparent to all that God blessed Gus Farwell with a lot more than football playing ability. We discovered that this gentleman was also gifted as a spectacular singer. And one and his singing voice will be on display this coming Friday evening, November 4th, when Gus will perform a concert at Gamage Auditorium on the Arizona State campus. For Gus, it'll be a bit of a break from his duties this fall as a Pac-12 football analyst for Pac-12 Networks. We're delighted to spend a few minutes with our friend Gus Farwell catching up here on the Anderson Healy Show. So great to see you, Gus. How have you been? Uh, how about uh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to start off with a musical version of the phrase that Ray and I use to end every broadcast. How about it? Go Devils, go! That's almost as good as Ray's version, <laughs> I would say. Almost, almost. Almost. How you doing, my friend? Great to see you. I'm I'm doing very well, Tim. Uh, thanks very much for having me. Uh, it's great to be here. I'm actually uh, here uh, with you from from Gamage uh, Theater here uh, on the ASU campus. So uh, very excited to be here. I just came straight out of rehearsal into this. So that's why I was so warmed up, ready to go for that Go Devils Go. So uh, that's a, that, that helped a lot. But uh, yeah, it's really, really good to be here and, and talking to you. Yeah, so great to have you. And uh, tell us a little bit more about this concert on uh, Friday night. Uh, it'll have a little bit of a football game feel to it the entire evening. Tell it. Tell us a little bit about it and how it all came about. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I like to refer to it as a uh, part concert, part prep rally. So it's going <laughs> to bleed maroon and gold. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got the uh, the powers that be at Gamage uh, have agreed to let us tailgate Gamage, uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So the uh, performance starts at seven thirty. Uh, it's a free event, so anybody can come. It's going to be a family friendly event. I encourage everybody to come. Bring their family. Bring their kids. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun music, and and don't think it's going to be this sort of classical, boring evening. There's going to be lots of different uh, music genres from sort of American standard, Frank Sinatra type stuff to some pop music. Uh, the gospel choir is going to join us for for a little bit, and then uh, there will, but there will be some some Broadway, and then the big big uh, fireworks opera type stuff. 
So it's going to be it's going to be a really special evening. I'm going to be joined as well by the ASU Symphony Orchestra. So it is going to be oh, a wow. pretty special musical event. And uh, as for how it actually came to fruition, uh, it really started. Well, it started 26 years ago. <laughs> I like to say this is a dream 26 years in the making for me. Uh, as a freshman, when I came here in 1995, I was a theater major. Uh, that was quite a journey trying to uh, be a theater major and uh, quarterback at the same time. I remember when I first got to campus, my academic advisor uh, from the theater department called me in. I was just like, wow, what? I'm in trouble already. What did I do? And she, she said, you know, I'm worried about you. I'm like, wow, I just got here. Like, come on. <laughs> Normally it takes people you know, a little while to be worried about me. But uh, she just said that I had chosen two of the most time consuming things on campus. And, uh, you know, she wasn't wrong either. <laughs> it was it no. was interesting. I remember being at practice and telling uh, Coach Pettis that I'd have to leave 10 minutes early to go to my main stage Shakespeare uh, rehearsals. Uh, the coaches love that. I was telling Coach Iguano about that yesterday. He was laughing <laughs> about that. So um, but I used to come here uh, to Gamage Theater and I used to sneak in uh, into Gamage and I would come in sort of in the dark and sit on stage and, and just look up at this beautiful, the beautiful auditorium that is here. Uh, just an incredible Frank Lloyd Wright theater, 3000 seat theater. And I just used to think to myself, you know, one day I used to dream really just one day, one day I'll perform here. And uh, that I almost forgot about it for a very long time until the pandemic hit in Spain and ended up singing uh, through the pandemic and lockdown through those 65 straight days, uh, singing to my neighbors. And, you know, on the third day, my 11 year old daughter videoed it. My wife put it on up on the old socials on the internet and it kind of took mm -hmm. off viral from there and became sort of a, a worldwide thing where people were watching it on a daily basis. I sang for 65 straight days that was one of the most rewarding but difficult things I've done. I, there's not a lot of things I can really think of that I've done for 65 straight days. and uh, But it was beyond special. It was an incredible experience to do that. Um, and, you know, it ended up on Good Morning America uh, on the final day. And I, I, I still don't know how, but it did. And uh, it was just it was one of those things that sort of just felt bigger than I really knew what it was even at the time. And but during that time, uh, Colleen Jennings Rogensack, uh, head of the ASU Gamage here, interviewed me during that time. And I told her about that dream that I had to. Uh, come here to Gamage and, you know, I used to sneak in here and, and wanted to perform here. And she said, well, well, we'd love to have you come and perform here. So uh, that's, that's how this whole started. Um, this whole thing started. And that was, but that was what, two and a half years ago now. Wow. So it took, it took, took some time, took some time. It, it was actually scheduled to be last fall, but then because of COVID and all the restrictions and just sort of, um, all the the difficulties that came along with that and planning uh it just it, we started to plan it and then it just didn't feel like it could come together in the way that we wanted it to and i just said you know what i said i've waited 25 years what's another year uh and that way we did get to plan it uh properly this time get together we got the date uh got a great date we got the ucla game on saturday yeah. I mean, we got the concert the night before 
So as soon wow. as I, I learned that it was going to be before the UCLA game, I got really excited and I said, oh, this is going to be a great weekend. And um, so, yeah, it was then all of a sudden the pieces started to come together. And and here we are. It's it's upon us <laughs> two and a half years later. 26 years in the making. I mean, you can get the scope of, uh, you know, how long you've been dreaming about this. I can't imagine what that feeling is going to be like for you on Friday night when you take mm-hmm. that stage. huh? Yeah, it's it's I, I've I've tried to prepare myself for it, uh, but I don't think anything really ever prepares you for it. Um, I've tried to I've tried to even working the music and just sort of getting my mind to run through it. And it's been a really very emotional lead up to this. Uh, it's going to be emotional on that night. Uh, I try, try to, you know, really heavy emotions and singing don't go well together. So uh, yeah, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to try to try to keep it in and, but there'll be moments where we'll come out and uh, there's going to be a, a beautiful tribute uh, in that, in that during that night. And that's going to be, I think an emotional moment for everyone. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm already see, I'm already getting choked up just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah. how we're going to get through all this, but it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a beautiful night. And it, it really, really what I want it to be. I mean, emotions aside and as the personal journey aside, I think it's really um, I want this to be about this ASU community and the ASU family and the Sun Devil Brotherhood and everything that goes along with it. This is really a celebration of getting through all of that, you know, the pandemic and, and everything else and to be back together uh, in that one one room together so we can just enjoy being around each other, being present there, at, uh, you know, in the moment, uh, you know, for cause so long we were so separated and to be there and just have a night of fun, music, uh, and, and dare I say love, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's going to be a special evening. And my understanding is, from what you said, a lot of your 1996 Sun Devil football teammates will be there, correct? Yeah, there's, uh, in fact, it's just the text messages were, were just flying right before we, we got on. Uh, there's going to be, I, I know my old roommate, my good old roommate, you may know who he is. I think his name's Plummer, Jake Plummer. Uh, he's he's going to be there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you've heard of him. Uh, and so Jake's coming out, which I'm really excited about. Even guys like Jason Verdugo are, are making the, the big trip out here. Another, another, uh, ex quarterback. So there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of the 96 team in attendance. Uh, we may even bring them up on stage so everybody can say hi to them. And, no, uh, should, yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's probably going to be part of the tribute piece that we're going to do. And it should be pretty special and, it's it's amazing to me that you know and and that just goes back and speaks to the sun devil brotherhood that we have and that group and and for them to come back and the support that i feel from them still even after all these years after all these decades you know you can say now uh it's 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 really special to me that they're going to be there in attendance Let's uh, reminisce a little bit about your 1996 uh, team and teammates. Uh, I know you did with the the football media at Arizona State earlier this week. And uh, I always the phrase that always comes to my mind when I talk about the 96 Rose Bowl team is uh, your coach, the late Bruce Snyder, always used to describe those guys as characters with character. And I thought that was always the best way to sum up uh, the guys on that team. There were some interesting characters on that team, but as a team, what character they had, what are 
some of the memories? Who are some of the players, Gus, that uh, stand out in your mind uh, most from that magical season of 1996? Well, you know, Coach Snyder was always so good at, at, at you know, his he was a master of words and, and had a way of putting things. And, and you're absolutely right. That, that, that group of characters, you know, I, I sometimes describe it as a motley crew. Uh, we were, we were, we were a bunch of, of sort of goofballs who were just highly competitive. Um, and, and that started uh, of course with, with Jake Plummer. Jake was always sort of this goofy guy. He loved, he loved playing around and, and being silly at times, but then in an instant he could become the most competitive human being that you've ever met in your life. And it would happen in an instant. And he was the one who really set the tone throughout that, that um, you know, seasons, if not in that season. And everybody sort of had to buy into that. And sometimes he would, he would turn from being silly to, to very intense very quickly. And if you weren't on his page, if you weren't with him, uh, you were going to hear about it. You know, it, there were, there mm-hmm. was time to mess around and then there was time to compete. And, and as soon as it was a time to compete, you did not, you were not allowed to be silly anymore. And, and it was such an interesting dynamic and an interesting group. And I think that's why it was so special. You know, I, I remember showing up um, at Camp Donizona as a freshman and the freshmen were the last to arrive uh, and, came walking down that hill and, and on towards the field and all the cabins and everything else and sort of heard two camps going on. We had sort of the, the, the heavy metal crowd over here. And then we had the sort of rap crowd, you know, uh, over here and, and, and it was just music blasting and sort of competing against each other. And, uh, and then I remember looking across the field and at that time, I believe there was, uh, you know, some tall grass in between the field and the river. And I just saw this guy walking through the long grass with a wide brim straw hat. And of course this long blonde hair flowing out the back and he's walking through the long grass. And I swear to this day, he was reading Emerson. And of course that was the late great Pat Tillman. And, uh, you know, Pat was a special guy. Um, some of his family will be there at the uh, at the performance on Friday, which I'm very honored that they'll that they'll be in an attendance. And Pat was a special friend to me. He actually would come. He would just show up at my performances without even telling me he was coming. I don't even. Sometimes I wouldn't even know how he would even know about them, but he would always be there. Um, sorry, uh, but. That's, you know, again, ama- amazing, amazing crew, guys like Keith Poole. I mean, what what a crazy personality. Sean Sueda, uh, you know, Mitch Fright Night Friedman, uh, even even guys like Michael Martin and, and, and you know, Steve Bush, Jeff Polk. How can you forget Jeff Polk? Juan Roque. <laughs> I mean, Polk, all of these yeah. guys. Jurassic Polk, Jurassic Polk, you know, the great Juan Roque. Uh, I mean, what a character there. And so it's just Kyle Murphy. Just, let's not forget Murph. Huh? Oh, let's not. Oh, I, you know, I'm never going to hear the end of it from that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mention Kyle. Kyle Murphy, one of my, my great friends, uh, just, you know, Gray Rugemer, uh, you know, Pat Thompson, Glenn Gable, uh, you know, you just, you really just named Kirk the entire Robertson. team. And got, yeah. Kirk Robertson, of course, Doc, uh, you Dr. know, Robertson, Kenny Mitchell, yeah. Yeah, and guys that you know still terrify yeah. me to this day, like Scott Vanderahi, uh, <laughs> you know, Derek Smith, 
Uh, and then of course, of course, the, the greatest trumpet player of all time, uh, Mr. Derek Rogers, uh, never forget Mr. Rogers. Uh, you know, you think about the special, special games to that season, you know, yes, I was a backup quarterback, but I always like to say that I had the, the, the best seat in the house. I had a front row seat to the great, you know, one of, if not the greatest season in Sun Devil, uh, football history and to be there and to be a part of that, you know, when I was coming out of high school and being recruited and certain things didn't work out at certain schools. And I just, you know, uh, to be, I, I don't care where I would have been offered to or where I would have ended up. All I know is that I, I thank my lucky stars that I was here for that just sort of lightning in a bottle season. And I, I would trade that season for, for nothing, for nothing on this yeah. planet. And uh, it was so just so lucky to be a part of that. And to, and then to continue on with the brotherhood that we have, um, I, I, I try to explain it to people that whenever I get around that group of, of men, uh, I, there's something in the, me that almost turns off. There's like this worry sweat. I've never you never feel as comfortable as when I'm around those guys. It's like the most secure feeling you can ever have in your life. Just cuz you know that these are these are your guys. It's a really difficult thing that I just feel and when I'm in there it feels like home and and it, it just is, is so comfortable and and just full of love and everything else and and you know the fact that our relationships continue on to this day. I was just with Jake last weekend and uh you know, still one of my great, great friends and brothers on this planet. And it was just such a special time, such a such a special season. I think anyone who's listening to this, as I am, besides hosting it, uh, that was here hmm. in 96, uh, gets goosebumps hearing you say all that stuff, because that those feelings, I think, resonate not only with you players, but also with the folks of like myself and the media and fans who were fortunate enough to be here and cover that team in 1996. I wasn't doing the games on radio at that time. The late, great Tom Dillon was still the voice of the mm. Sun Devils on the radio, but uh, I did host uh, Coach Snyder's TV show and covered that team closely, and it was it was a magical season unlike any other. And I just mentioned the name of the man who pretty much orchestrated everything, Bruce Snyder. We lost him, of course, in mm. 2009, uh, but what a great man he is. Uh, he was and so fondly remembered. I'm wondering, Gus, as a player, what, in your opinion, uh, made Bruce such an outstanding coach? To me, my take on him was I always perceived Bruce to be kind of like the CEO of the football program. He, he just had a CEO aura about him, um, you know, and, and was such an interesting man. He could talk about any number of topics other than football. Uh, for yeah. broadcasters, he was one of the most gracious coaches. In 96, he didn't get much opportunity to deal with it because he only lost one game that year, the Rose Bowl. But after losses, when I did the radio, he was, you know, you're, you're always wary about having to interview the coach right after the game. But Bruce, I always felt um, as though he felt that talking about a loss was almost cathartic. And he had such an interesting viewpoint, interesting takes, interesting angles on games. And what was uh, what was he like as a coach for you, as one of his players? Yeah, he he Snyder was was such a special coach um, because he was. I think he was exactly as you just described him. He was an amazing CEO. He uh, he had this ability to sort of 
he could be this father figure to you um, because that's I think that's just naturally who he was. He was just such a good father to his own family and had that really sort of loving, nurturing side to him. But at the other, at the, on the other side, he didn't suffer fools lightly. And uh, it really came down to the fact that he had his sort of, you know, I don't know if you want to call them generals or colonels, uh, and offensive coordinator Dan Gazzetto and defensive coordinator Phil Snow. And those guys, man, those guys were the disciplinarians and they they struck fear into you. So it was an interesting, again, interesting dynamic. It was, uh, you know, sort of that dual and duality of, of you know, uh, it's a, a nurturing environment, but it's also an incredibly disciplinary, you know, disciplined environment as well. And I think that is, you know, how do you how do you come up with that perfect mix? I couldn't tell you. I, I got to tell you, it's it's so difficult, it, and it just for whatever reason that group that mix of coaches and players just it just worked. And I think that um, he was just such a special guy. And anyone who played for him loved him. He, uh, you know, he was a straight shooter. He, he told you how it was, but he, he would had this ability to sort of explain things to you in a way that just wasn't right up in your face. And uh, but he would get his point across. And you know, it, it, again, it was just an honor to play for him. And I, I remember the last time that I saw him shortly before 2009. Uh, we it was for an event that we were all back for. And he told me what a, a special part of that team that I was. And I said, really, coach? And I said, you know, and he said, yeah, he said, you were you were part of the spirit of that team. And he said, you always you always uh, you always entertained us. You always, uh, you know, you always made us feel good and made us laugh. And 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 he says that was as, as important as anything else that anybody did on the field. And, that, you know, he doesn't have to say anything like that to me. And, and that's 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 the kind of thing that made him such a special coach. Yeah, he was special indeed. No question about it. Well, the, now you're living in Barcelona and yet uh, you've been here stateside now for the last couple of months working as an analyst for Pac-12 yeah. Network. How did the gig come about and how are you liking the broadcast biz so far? Uh, I, I'm loving it for sure. It's uh, it's great to be in and around football again. You know, just even even things like going out to practice fields and just the smell of the grass and what it brings back. And you know, oh, yeah. it r- really really takes me back. And it's fun. You know, I was away from the game for a while, and uh, living in Barcelona. You know, one of the things that's come apparent to me is one of the most truly American things in the world is is college sports. You know, uh, it, that it, it's sort of a mystery to people in Europe. I don't think we realize it because we grow up with it. You know, I explained to people, I said, yeah, you know, we were playing in front of 75,000 people in Sun Devil Stadium in 1996. <laughs> and they sort of look at me like, wait a minute, you're, you were a bunch of students playing in front of 75,000? I said, yeah, you know, that's, that's basically what it was. But um, it, it came about uh, also through an interview during the, during the pandemic uh, with the great host, Ashley Adamson. And, uh, you know, she, we sort of got done with the interview and, and she sort of put the idea in my head. You know, have you ever thought about broadcasting? And, and, and then I sort of rolled around in my head. And it was something that I'd always wanted to do and wanted to get involved in. I just didn't really know how. And I talked a lot about it with my wife afterwards. And she said, you know, if, if you want to go and do that, you should go and do that. You know, it's okay if you go back and bless her for, for, for taking care of, you know, holding down the homestead, uh, taking care mm-hmm. of our two daughters, two teenage daughters, and allowing me to go and do it. Um, 
you know, she said, she said, you got the green light to do this. And I said, okay. And so I've, I've been here and try to make the most of it whilst I'm here and I've really enjoyed every minute of it. I mean, just going to Colorado, you know, is that Colorado there with you uh, last weekend yeah. and, and going around, mm-hmm. you know, USC uh, here for the Washington game. I was here for the Utah game. Uh, just, it's really special and, and really a privilege to be able to do it. And uh, I look forward to, to getting into it more and, and doing more of a deep dive back into football. And as I get to learn more about certain programs and meet certain coaching staffs and things, so it's 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 really great. Well, it's so great that uh, it gives you time over here. I know you're anxious to get home to Barcelona to see your daughters. It's been a while since you've <laughs> yeah. seen them, but uh, happy that you've had the opportunity to get into the broadcast biz and happier even still just to see you, re, you know, reminisce with you. And we're all looking forward to your concert on uh, Friday night. I know it's going to be a dream fulfilled for you. And it's going to be a night of pure enjoyment for everyone who comes to watch at Gamage Auditorium this Friday. Gus, uh, great to catch up with you. All the best to you, my friend. Thanks. Thanks so much, Tim. It was really great talking to you and great to see you. Former Sun Devil quarterback Gus Farwell, our guest. Again, Gamage Auditorium is the place to be Friday evening, November 4th, a 6 p.m. football-style tailgate in the parking lot. And then at 7.30, the concert with Gus performing on stage at Gamage. What a great evening it should be. Ray Anderson will rejoin me for the final segment of this week's show in just a moment. This is the Anderson Healy Show from the Sun Devil Radio Network. The Arizona Lottery presents a winning carol. Scratches are here to bring winning cheer for everyone over 21. For her and him, whoever likes to win. Like your dad, Bill, your best friend, Lil, your co-worker, Jill, your cat, Mr. Phil. Your son is so, your Nim and Bo, and your helpful Uncle Joe. Merry, 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 merry Scratchers. This holiday season, give the gift of up to $500,000 with Holiday Scratchers from the Arizona Lottery. Your moment has arrived. Welcome to Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Bigger, bolder, and better with so much more to offer. Grab a cold drink and cool off in a cabana at our all-new resort pool. Or take a taste of the here and now with even more dining destinations to choose from, including our new rooftop restaurant and lounge, Prime, a Shula Steakhouse. It's time to own your moment. So you do you. Hey, it's Paul Calvisi, and if there's one thing all top teams have in common, it's consistent performance. And that's what you're going to find up and down the full lineup of Ford trucks and SUVs. From tailgating to towing, on the job or on vacation, Ford has the right vehicle for you with performance that never quits. See that full Ford lineup today. Just stop by your Arizona Ford dealers or visit buyfordnow.com. Proud partner of the ASU Sun Devils, Go Devils! Here we are nearing the finish line of this week's installment of the Anderson Healy Show, which comes your way each week from the Sun Devil Radio Network. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils, along with Arizona State Athletic Director Ray Anderson. And Ray and I, as always, glad that you joined us this week. As Ray rejoins me now, let's talk some Sun Devil volleyball as Coach Sonia Tomasevich's Sun Devils split its two home matches this past weekend against the Pac-12's Oregon schools. Uh, three sets to one win over Oregon State last Friday with Marta Levinska posting 20 kills to lead the way. And then the Sun Devils were swept 
by 20th-ranked Oregon on Sunday at Desert Financial Arena, swept despite another good performance from Marta Levinska, who posted a double-double with 16 kills and 12 digs. So uh, an even-steven weekend for the Sun Devils, Ray, on the volleyball court. Yes, and it's 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 hard to uh, win uh, games back-to-back. And, you know, Oregon's the number 18, 20th-ranked team, uh, so that was tough. But we took care of business against uh, Oregon State. Uh, I think we swept them for the season, Tim, if my memory serves me correctly. But that Oregon uh, team is a tough one. So we split the weekend, uh, but Sonia and the young ladies uh, continue to really show big co- competition uh, uh, performance in terms of just how they get after it. And so I'm proud of them for that. Uh, and so we still got some matches to go. So Sonia and the team are going to be fine. Now, the Sun Devils are 11-13 and 13 on the season, 5-7 and seven in Pac-12 conference play. They will head to Los Angeles this coming weekend. ASU will take on USC Friday at 7 p.m., and then they'll head up to Westwood to take on the UCLA Bruins on Sunday afternoon, and that match will start at 1 p.m. The uh, top doubles tandem on the Sun Devil women's tennis team, Dominika Turkovic and Patricia Spaka, have been selected as one of 32 women's doubles teams that will compete at the ITA National Fall Championships that get underway this Wednesday, November 2nd, in San Diego, California. The ITA Nationals are pretty much the grand finale to the fall college tennis season, and they feature the top 64 singles players, 32 men, 32 women, and the top 64 doubles teams, again, 32 men, and 32 women, and Arizona State will have uh, its top women's doubles tandem participating, Ray, as uh, Dominika Turkovich and Patricia Spaka have really come into their own on the court as a tandem. Yes, they are, Dominika and Patricia uh, representing us down there uh, in the uh, ITA. Really, you have it, the the fall championships in in doubles. So uh, I've done a nice job, uh, very, very uh, intense competition coming up, uh, but they don't appear to back down from anyone, Tim. So when we have this discussion uh, next week, uh, it won't surprise me at all if we're talking about them uh, finishing on the podium, as they say. We shall see. Again, that uh, competition beginning on Wednesday, November 2nd, uh, and uh, continuing on through the weekend in San Diego. The Sun Devil men's and women's swimming and diving teams are back in the pool this coming weekend. On Friday, both the ASU men and women will be competing against the swimmers from the University of Southern California as they will take on USC in Los Angeles. Then on Saturday, the Sun Devil women will stay over in L.A. and they'll take on the UCLA Bruins. That's also in L.A. Uh, yes, and, you know, uh, Bob Bowman's the men's team did really well in their last outing. The women uh, uh, certainly showed up and did well as well. But USC and UCLA, two of the great swim and dive programs in the Pac-12, love to go compete against them. So uh, both teams at USC and the women at UCLA this weekend, Tim, should be fun. Looking forward to it. And, of course, as we mentioned, uh, every time any one of our teams takes on uh, the Bruins and the Trojans right about now, you know, you wonder if it's uh, going to be one of the final Pac-12 competitions uh, with uh, UCLA and USC set to head off to the uh, Big Ten Conference in a couple of years. After this weekend's meets in L.A., by the way, uh, the Sun Devil swimmers and divers will only have one more 
uh, competition event in their fall schedule, and that'll take place uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina, the Wolfpack Invite, hosted by North Carolina State University, and that'll take place November 17th through the 19th. We close our show this week with a reminder, Sun Devil Basketball, both the ASU men and women's teams will tip off their respective seasons next week. Can't believe basketball season's here already. In fact, it'll be an opening night, men's and women's doubleheader at Desert Financial Arena this coming Monday, November 7th, a year eight of the Bobby Hurley era of Sun Devil men's basketball will get underway when his Devils uh, tip it off against the Tarleton Texans from the Western Athletic Conference. The Sun Devil men will get it going at 5 p.m., on Monday evening, and then the Natasha Adair uh, era of Sun Devil women's basketball gets underway in the nightcap of the Monday doubleheader, an 8 p.m. tip for the Sun Devil women's basketball team as they will take on their rivals from Flagstaff, the Lumberjacks of Northern Arizona University, the first ASU women's basketball game not coached by Charlie Turner Thorne in a quarter century, although technically Charlie did take a one-year sabbatical about a decade ago, but uh, it's a new era of Sun Devil women's hoop with uh, Natasha Adair in charge and the Sun Devil men ready to get after it as well, Ray. Should be a fun evening of uh, doubleheader basketball action at Desert Financial. Yes, it should be because Coach Hurley has got the the men uh, working hard, looks to have a very exciting roster. I think we're all excited about that. And then, of course, uh, Coach Adair coming in uh, from Delaware, her first uh, game at home uh, with a uh, pretty much all-new roster uh, as well as coaching staff. So excited for uh, the uh, next Monday double hitter, uh, Tim. Should be a lot of fun. Five o'clock and eight o'clock, our folks need to get out there for a double hitter. We do hope to see you out there indeed, but if by chance you can't make it, uh, the Sun Devil Radio Network will have you covered as uh, we have we are broadcasting the full schedule of Sun Devil men's and women's basketball this year. My buddy Kyle Dodd will be back on board with me to help me bring you the play-by-play of Sun Devil men's basketball uh, on Arizona Sports and ESPN 620 AM over the course of the season. And then uh, the longtime voice of Sun Devil women's basketball, Jeff Munn, uh, will team up with uh, Maura McHugh on home games for Sun Devil women's basketball that can be heard on 1060 AM. That'll do it for this week's show. Some thank yous before we leave. First and foremost, thanks. And a happy birthday greeting as well to our, uh, ex- our executive producers, uh, ASU Senior Associate Athletic Director, Doug Tamaro, I just gave him a raise and promotion from uh, producer to executive producer. That's his That's birthday right. That's gift right. for me. That's all right. As well there's, as a, that and a bag of barbecue <laughs> chips will get me a long way with Doug. <laughs> Thanks as well to our engineer producer, Sean Crespin of the Sun Devil Radio Network for his technical expertise. And thanks to our extraordinary show scheduler, Kim Nelson of Sun Devil Athletics. We'll be back next week with another installment of the Anderson Healy Show, and we hope you'll drop by and visit us. Ray, great to see you. Hope you have a good week. Uh, Likewise, Tim. Hope you have a good week, and certainly to all of our Sun Devil fans out there, uh, do as well, and go Devils. Go Devils. Till next time, for Ray Anderson, I'm Tim Healy. We thank you for listening to and watching the Anderson Healy Show. So long, everybody. You've been listening to The Anderson Healy Show, powered by Elevation. 
the Sun Devils' preferred home energy technology company. Hey, Sun Devil fans, college football is back. So grab your friends in a cold, refreshing Dos Equis lager and make the most out of game day. Dos Equis is the one to score for your tailgate, at the bar, or even watching with your friend who went to that other school. So buy a cold, crisp Dos Equis and get those forks up on game day. Dos Equis, proud partner of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2022. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. It takes hard work to be the best in the game. Planning, commitment, resilience, sweat. That's why Old Dominion Freight Line, the number one national LTL carrier for quality, works hard to be the best in the game and is proud to support those striving to be the best in theirs. Old Dominion Freight Line, official freight carrier of Sun Devil Athletics, helping the world keep promises. 75% of the electricity you're using is on products that are turned off. And your ceiling fan could cost you up to $5,000 over its lifetime. Sun Devils fans, you know your sports stats. At Elevation, we know the stats that can help save your wallet and the world. Visit PoweredByElevation.com and learn how our full suite of smart solar solutions can make a powerful difference today. Elevation is a proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Forks up, bills down. It's now time for the official Game Time Munchies break with a cold, tasty brew from Lagunitas. When you're hungry from raising the pitchforks high, reach for the highly balanced Lagunitas IPA. It's wow with wings, perfection with pizza, and nearly unmatchable with nachos. Their IPA just goes with football food. We're proud to call them the official craft beer of Sun Devil Athletics. The Lagunitas Brewing Company, Petaluma, California. Drink Lagunitas responsibly. <laughs> 